What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Shoot in the Shit podcast, where your boys Jimmy and Jordan shoot the shit, and you get the shit shot at you. Okay, that was uh, that was kind of weak, but um, no. Here we are again. Uh, actually, this week uh, we're trying something different. Um, Jordan's not here; it's just me, uh, and uh, I'm kind of just doing a doing a solo run. Figured I'd throw one in the can in case uh, Jordan and I aren't ever able to get together on on a day. And hell, I mean, it really doesn't hurt for me to even just get on here and practice. Just kind of, uh, honestly, I, I like the prospect of just being by myself behind a microphone. I mean, I talk to myself all day long. Uh, I guess it couldn't hurt for somebody to actually hear it. So, yeah, I mean... And I'm thinking maybe like every once in a while I might just do that. Just throw a throw a solo uh, podcast out there and just shoot the shit with nobody. Jimmy shoots the shit with himself. Man, you guys are really in for a treat. So uh, what's new? Uh, what's what's going on with everybody? I'm, um, I don't really know. I uh, was talking to my cousin uh, who I think I'm going to have on the podcast uh, sometime next in the next, once the new year happens and everyone's kind of back to their normal schedules. Uh, but he was talking, uh, he wants me to read this book, Steppenwolf. I don't know if anybody's uh, ever read it, but it sounds really good. I'm, I'm really excited to, to uh, get started on it. I've been, I've been looking at, at bookstores cause I don't like, I don't like buying new books. I, something just feels wrong about that. I don't. Just something feels wrong about it. just paying full price for a book. I mean, it's not it's not the money thing either, because I mean, I'll I bought uh, Stephen King's newest book, Elevation. Before I pre-ordered it, and which I'm not gonna say it was a mistake, because I I mean I'll read anything that man puts out. But I uh, his most recent one was like when I got it. Like I don't know, and a lot of people I noticed a lot of people were saying this, but uh, it was just. It's like a tiny little book. I don't know. It feels like the whole damn thing could fit in this, not the palm of my hand, but it's about the size of my hand and the width is not, I mean, maybe my thumbnail, if that. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was only 15 bucks, if that. I think Costco, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Amazon, uh, they gave it to me for pre-order price was like what 11 and then they even gave me money back like a dollar 50 back after it came out so i really ended up spending like what 10 on it i think i think it's i think i spent like maybe it was 13 and i got a dollar 50 back so it was like 11.50 anyways i mean it's not so i bought that book new and which i'm like yeah i'm like you know looking forward to getting at it and all that which will be a long time considering i've got probably 40 no not 40 but at least like 30 of his books I got to read before uh, before I get to that one. So, or I'm sure I'll throw it in the mix somewhere. But so it's not that. It's like I just I something about like supporting the small businesses. That's what I really like. It's so it's like I've been hitting used bookstores because I like a couple of months back I was in Tennessee with my wife and we were like you know uh, just looking for things to do and we uh, stumbled across this coffee shop slash book used bookstore slash like just like a novelty store it sold a bunch of like not used stuff but just really like uh i mean a lot of it was used yes but like just used books and like uh like uh i don't know pokemon cards magic cards a lot of like uh collectibles is better probably better but it's in it's in uh it's called our place in uh someplace in i forget where in tennessee I'll have to look it up. I'll throw. I'll let you guys know sometime. But um, no, it's, pr- it's a pretty cool spot. And like, no, I had been like a casual, I guess, collector of his stuff. Like, I uh, I inherited a bunch of when my aunt passed away. I inherited a bunch of uh, Stephen King books. And uh, oh gosh, that was what? Because she's really the one who got me in, into Stephen King. Before that, I was like, kind of just like a. I don't know. I'd only seen like a couple of his movies. I'm just like, you know, what is it? Uh, the pet, pet cemetery, just all of his like horror movies, like that he gets a lot of bad rap for. And I was like, ew, you know, fuck that guy. 
But no, she was like, no, you really should check. Like, I think she, the first book, first book I read was the Gunslinger in the Dark Tower series. And that book changed my life. But I was in high school and I don't know, I just wasn't uh, focused enough to pursue it, pursue like reading because there's what, seven, now eight in the series. And she's like, oh, you really should read this. And I tried and um, I don't know. I, I love the first book and I tried starting the second one up at school started and uh, yeah, and I just fell off of it. But anyways, when we were in Tennessee, so I had, I inherited like 25 maybe or so, probably even less than that. And uh, I had read a couple here and there. I went on, bought a couple new back. This was what, five years, six years ago. And then uh, once she passed away, I inherited probably another 20 or so. And, um, I really started getting into his stuff. And then when we were in Tennessee, I found this place that had like at least, I think about what, 10, 11, 12, maybe. And I was just looking at him and I'm like, oh, and it just really put me on this whole, I really wanted to start supporting these because used books are like, heck you, you buy a used book for what a soft cover five, six and uh hard covers like 13 at the most. So it's like, man, as, as opposed to paying, you know, direct from, I don't know, Walmart, which I don't support that company no matter what, but by that, like tar or like target, he's just like, you, you spend so much money when it's like the, there are people out there who are just like, there's this community of readers who just like exchange. And it's like, that's a beautiful thing to me. So all that having been said, you know, now I've, I, after we got back from Tennessee, I started, uh, you know, really just hitting all, I didn't realize that there are so many used bookstores in in the Chicagoland area. I started Googling it and I was just like, holy cow, man, they're everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's just, I've been on a really on a huge used bookstore kick lately and mainly, mainly for Stephen King books. But, uh, since my cousin suggested the Steppenwolf book to me by, uh, I believe it's Herman Hesse. I've, I don't know, please somebody correct me if I said that wrong, but it looks really good, and I he gave me a brief description of it, but um, I don't really, I don't really remember it. I know he he's I don't I don't, I don't know. Well, I'll I'll read it, and then we'll think we're going to discuss it on the podcast in a couple of probably in a couple of months because I'm currently reading a book, and I don't want to I I just don't want to like stop in the middle. Plus, I got to find it first, which I'm sure I'll find it. And if I don't find it at uh, one of these used bookstores around here, I'll just Amazon it and get it from a used bookstore on Amazon. I know I know. right away at least one person listening was like, you fucking asshole. You just said you don't buy books new. Well, I do make an exception, and I will support local bookstores across – because not every – most local bookstores, at least for Stephen King and like popular books – they don't have like it's hard to find like a a very like sub well known like Steppenwolf is a well known name, but like you're not just gonna find that in any used bookstore or like a Stephen King you'll you'll get like a lot of his most popular ones like uh, I think what is like Night Shift or not yeah I see Night Shift a lot of used bookstores I see a lot of like um, Dreamcatchers when I see a lot. Um, Pet Cemetery. Uh, I don't know. Do I see Pet Cemetery? No. Um, like you see, like the stand, like an, a shitty old paperback copy of that, which I might say is one of his best works. I'm, I'm looking forward to rereading that one, but it's going to be a while. I have I the, my original, my first time reading that book was um I read the I read the uh, just like I think it was a paperback, yeah, but it, it was like the first edition, not the first edition, but like the copy of the first edition, which they like when he first released it, he was a young author and, uh, he, you know, the, the book itself, the original cop the original text was, uh, quite a few pages, uh, longer than the version that they, because they they saw the the manuscript for it and they just sliced it apart because it was just so like thick with content and they cut about I would say maybe a third of it out maybe a little bit less than that I don't know but it came out to like I I don't know I don't I don't want to say numbers because then I sound like an asshole but it was a significant amount of the book they they cut 
And, uh, that just kind of rode the, you know, that was the, what the public knew for a long time until he became a, a very popular writer. And, uh, eventually they were, they, you know, they went back and re-released it uncut. And I saw why the version I read was the abridged version. Uh, and, uh, that, I mean, it was a phenomenal book, but like, I guess there's like a lot of plot that just total, like huge storylines that just completely got cut from it, which I, I, um, I listened to another podcast. I listened to, uh, the Stephen King cast, which that guy's awesome. I, I give him much credit, but, uh, he was when he, he, cause he, he basically goes over every book in Stephen King's, uh, bibliography, you know, in order of release. And when he got to the stand and, you know, so I'll, I'll read a book and then I'll go listen to that particular episode. I don't listen to him. I don't like binge listen. I just in, do in individual books. But, um, when he did the stand, I listened to it and, uh, he would like refer, he would say, and this is, you know, he would kind of say, oh yeah. And this is where they re-, you know, he didn't really go into depth on the uncut. Cause I believe the version he, you know, covered on the, on his podcast was the abridged, but then he'll like reference little things that how that you don't realize were affected by the, uh, uh uncut version, like uh little storylines that kind of seeped into the, uh, the plot of the abridged version, but never actually like made it in just kind of like how it was like the residuals or the leftover vibrations of it. But, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, Steppenwolf. I mean, it sounded like a great book. I can't, I shouldn't, let me see here. I'll, um, I'll just go on Wikipedia and read the, uh, the summary of it or not the summary, but like the explanation of it. It sounds, it sounded like a great book. Steppenwolf, not the band, the fucking book asshole. There we go. Novel. (coughs) Excuse me. The 10th novel by German-Swiss author Hermann Hesse, originally published, blah, blah, blah. Background of publication history, no. Plot summary, the book is presented as manuscript written by its protagonist, a middle-aged man named Harry Haller, Haller, who leaves it to a chance that could just in the nephew of his landlady. Okay, so he gives us book, t- the nephew of his landlady, the acquis- the acquaint. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I fucked this all up. The book is presented as a manuscript written by its protagonist, a middle-aged man named Harry Haller, who leaves it to a chance acquaintance, the nephew of his landlady. The acquaintance adds a short preface of his own and then has the manuscript published. The title of this real book is in the book. Oh, wow. That's dope. The title of this real book in the book is Harry Haller's Records for Mad Men Only. Dude, that sounds fucking wicked. As the story begins, the hero is beset by reflections of his being ill-suited for the world of everyday regular people, specifically for frivolous bourgeoisie society. In his aimless wanderings about the city, he encounters a person carrying an advertisement for a magic theater who gives him a small book. Treatise on the Steppenwolf, this treatise cited in full in the novel's Texas Harry reads it addresses Harry by name is whoa strikes him as describing himself uncannily it is a discourse on a man who believes himself to be of two natures one high the spiritualist nature of a man the other is low and animalistic the wolf of the steps this man is in this man is entangled in an irresolvable struggle Never, con- never content with either nature because he cannot see beyond his self-made concept. Oh my goodness, this sounds amazing. The pamphlet gives an explanation of the multifaceted and indefinable nature of every man's soul. But Harry is either unable or unwilling to recognize this. It also discusses his suicidal intentions, describing him as one of the suicides. People who deep down knew they would take their own life one day. But to counter that, it hails his potential to be great, to be one of the, in quotes, immortals. Oh, wow. That sounds really good. Yeah, that's definitely something. Uh, 
I'm gonna have to really bug Jeff to get on this. Jeff, my Jeff's my cousin. I'm gonna really have to. He's a really smart guy too. I'm gonna have to get him. Keep bugging him to get on this podcast. Uh, I've been. I don't know. Is there anybody like? I mean, I know nobody listens, but like, who 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 is like a good idea? Like, what is? I guess like I want to. My brother's a musician. He's in a band. I can't think of the name of it. it shows you how much I know. Um, it's a local band, but uh, they do. I'm going to get him on here. So I'm like, you know, I'm thinking musicians, uh, my cousin, my cousin, uh, really intelligent guy. So we're probably, I'm going to have to have him like as a returning guest. Uh, another guy I want to have on here is, a uh, another, uh, friend of the podcast who, uh, he's another one who just talk and it's like, man, these people, I just want to learn about some of the stuff these people have to say. It's like, wow. But, uh, yeah, so those are some prospects for the next couple upcoming months. Um, I guess right now though, until I get to Steppenwolf, I'm reading this book, which I'll, uh, go into detail further when I finish it. But, uh, it's called sleeping beauties. It is like, I picked it up a little, I wasn't, I was excited cause, uh, this one's actually written by Stephen King and his son, Owen. And, uh, so I was like. I'd seen an interview of the two of them on like a radio show and I believe it was Canada. I don't know, but, uh, they were discussing King's at the time newest book, but Owen was just on there because I don't know why anyways. So they were interviewing Steven and Owen about his most, cause I guess Owen had just released a book too. And that's what it was. And they were talking about at the time it was, uh, I think his newest book at the time was, uh, Dr. Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining, which is, that's another one you'll find everywhere because it's like one of his most popular works, it's, which I like. And I have not read Dr. Sleep yet. It's, it looks good. It's about um, the, what is his name? Come on, come on, Jim, you know this. Um, Danny Torrance grows up and because of his, the fucked up things that happened in the, uh, the pages of The Shining, he grows up to be uh kind of a fucked up guy. I think he's a psychologist. I don't know if anyone's read it. You can email and tear me apart, but, um, it looks good. And I'm, I'm going to get around to that one, but, uh, they'll say we're being interviewed about, uh, Dr. Sleep. And at the end of the interview, the guy, uh, cause I guess Owen writes like kind of like comedy ish, but they were like plugging one of his books. And then he's like, Oh, would you, so it's, I was like, oh man, maybe I should read some of his stuff. And then it's funny because in the end he goes, have you guys ever thought about co-writing a book together? And they were like, you know, it's funny. We, uh, have kind of talked about that. We are not going to talk about the premise, but, uh, so when I finished, so I was like, oh, that's cool. You know? And I had randomly, once again, at a used bookstore, saw it. I just was like, oh fuck, this is one I've been wanting. So I just kind of grabbed it. And that was just a rare find. I was surprised it was even there. But I grabbed it, like 13 bucks, hardcover, solid, solid find. And I think, let's see, what was the one I read before that was Care. I had finished Carrie, which is his first book, which that was a breeze for me to read. I read that in like, like less than a week. Normally, see, most people could read like Carrie in a day. That's how readers, most readers, I'm, I don't, I guess I am, I'm a reader. I am a reader, but most readers are like quick, you know, they just like breeze through novels. Like, Oh yeah. It took me like two or three days. I'm like, how the fuck? It takes me like a month to read a novel. Whereas I mean, I'm not a dedicated reader and that. And it's like, I come home. I like, I like to spread my time out. I like to like enjoy a book. Like I used to like, I like to like take it little bits at a time. And like, I always like, look back over the amount of time it took me. It was like, I feel like if you just burn a book in like a day, it's just like, it just seems like a waste to me. I just like to digest it slowly and like, let it just become a month or two or three of my life. And just slowly, like it took me like six months to read, which great book. And it really, honestly, it wouldn't, I just, that it was my, my, my reread took me six months. The first one, I don't remember how long it took me, but it wasn't those six months. But so I had already read it and I was just kind of like slowly pacing through it. But I carry, so Carrie took me, uh, what, less than a week to read, which that was an easy read. But, um, and the one before that was Dreamcatcher, which 
uh, it was all right. I liked that, but it took me about a month. So I was looking for something that, cause Dreamcatcher, I didn't really, I didn't really like it. It was all right. And Carrie was good, but it wasn't like, you know, like it, it was good because it had like, it was like his first. So like when an author, like you look at Stephen King and it's like his newer stuff is, it's just got a lot of depth to it, but it's like when you go back to his first book, which is hailed as one of his best. So I was excited and I get in and I burned through it and I was like, wow, that it was good, but it just, there was not as much depth to it because it's like, it was, you know, you, you compare, you know, author's first to like his most recent stuff. And it's like, man, that does it. It's, I don't know, not quality versus quantity because, I mean, he's got both in his newer stuff too, but I don't know. It just, it, it, he didn't, he didn't go very much in the depth and it's like, can you really blame him? He wasn't, you know, you can't just, I don't know. He just, he didn't have that much going until you don't, he wasn't his career, you know? So it's hard to expect the man to write like a, a thousand page novel when you're just a school teacher struggling to pay rent, you know, with your two kids and your wife while, you know, moonlighting and at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. Anyways, um, so Carrie took me and I was like, I just was hungry for more substance. And it's like, and I'm always trying to figure out which book should I read next? Like halfway through the book that I'm on, which, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I read that interview and it's like, okay, cool. This is it. This is the one. And and I went into a, a little, um, I'm not going to say nervous, but like, Cause I feel like it was advertised as like a kind of a feminist ish book. Cause it's, it's, I mean, sleeping beauties, it's about women who fall asleep and get wrapped in cocoons. And it's like, you, it has like a very, like not feminist, that's not the right word. So it's more like, like women's perspective. Like, so you see it like, it's not anti men, but like, this is what I went into thinking it. Cause it's like a, the beginning of it takes place in like a, a women's correctional facility in this fictional town, I believe of dueling. I don't know if it's Maine. That's where he tends to write his settings, but anyways, it's in the Appalachian mountains, which fuck I'm stupid. So I don't know anyways. So do like, um, yeah. So sleeping beauties, I was a little, I'm not skeptical, but a little just, oh, here we go. Like, what is Stephen King going to say about women? And I mean, it's, I love this book. It's like, I've, I'm really impressed with it. I don't know if it's just in contrast to Carrie, which is, like I say, you know, it's just the depth of it. It took me like three weeks or one, three days to read. I'm sorry. This book, I'm already, I mean, I haven't been really digging deep into it, but because I mean, with the holidays and all that, I've really not had a chance to sit down with it for long periods of time, but I'm about three quarters of the way through it. And I'm, I'm just like in love with this book, the care. Cause there's, it's, it's similar to, um, under the dome, which I started and I didn't, uh, I'm about maybe a quarter of the way through that one. Uh, no, no, I'm like a hundred pages in and I just put it down. I just kind of lost interest in it. But, um, uh, no sleeping beauties. It's got a lot of characters just like, uh, cause in the beginning of, under the dome he has like there's like a list of all the characters and i'm like oh shit and the same is with sleeping beauties where it just lists all these characters out i'm like oh fuck here we go this is gonna be another one else where i have to like reference the the beginning of it just to you know figure out which characters who which i haven't had to do um with uh under the dome for the first hundred pages that i did read it i feel like i did need to like reference the the character list a little bit, but that, that book it, it just didn't grab my attention. It's another one. People like love that book, which I mean, I'm sure once I go back to it, I'll, I, I don't know. I, it just didn't pick up and quick enough for me, which is funny because most of King's work doesn't, but I don't know. I, this book was kind of like uh, sleeping beauties. I think it's just cause he had that like comedic edge of Owen going into it, not to say that it would have been any worse or any better with or without, but I don't know. It's, I just, I really like this book and I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it ends. Like the, where I'm at now, like I'm at that just to that point where it's like, all right, we're, we're building up to the, to that major turn of events. And you know, like the plot is really building in there. You know, I don't know. So 
no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing where this one goes, and I'll, I'll do a nice little fat little review of it on the podcast. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that one alone, or um, uh, I'll do that one with Jordan. I don't know. He might. Jordan's not very good at, like, Jordan's good at uh, st- talking about himself, but I don't. he's not really good at, like, engaging um he's he's just good at like kind of ranting which fuck we god knows we need that on this podcast just time filler but i don't know how good he would be at like interviewing or not interviewing but like yeah i guess you would say interviewing or getting my perspective on something i I don't know maybe something i might have to do on my own because i feel like if we just start talking about this he would just kind of go off on a tangent and we wouldn't really focus on the point of the book whatever uh we'll see i'll maybe we can try it and if it doesn't go as planned i'll I mean, does anybody really give a fuck anyways? Uh, I don't know. But we'll see. So um, but, uh, I'd like, because I gave him Cell, which is one I have not read, um, maybe two, three months ago now, and he hasn't even started reading it, which bums me out because that's another one. That's one I would like to actually, that would be a great segment on the podcast is to just, oh, so what did you think about the few pages that we read about Cell? Where do you think it's going? How do you feel about it? I think that'd be a great segment. But unfortunately, that requires him to actually pick the book up and read it. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll bug him about it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, let's see. What else? What else is there to for me to bullshit about here? Uh, ah, okay. I've been watching Jeopardy lately. That's uh, fun. They uh, They have, like, you know how Netflix has, like, collections of TV shows, you know, because it's their way of... Their cheap way of not getting an entire series, which I mean, obviously you're not going to get the entirety of Jeopardy. Like, but no, so they've got like, I don't. I guess Jeopardy does every year. They take their the biggest winners, or maybe they just go back. I don't know, but they get their biggest winners and they like have like a tourney for them, and uh, and and then apparently the whatever season i'm not sure it's well i know it's the season 29 i'm not sure where that falls as far as like what year probably i mean considering netflix always airs what a season late so it's probably 2017 i would think anyways uh yeah so i'm I'm gonna just venture to guess that it's the 2017 season and uh they took all the best players from that year, and then I, know, I thought I was just getting into like just watching random episodes, but apparently they they aired like at the, the tournament episodes, and uh, I didn't realize that until for until I was watching a couple episodes. And anyways, uh, no, it's pretty dope. I like the thing about it is though, like you don't know half the fucking. I don't know how these people can retain all this information. I can barely. I could barely come up with anything to talk about for this podcast, let alone like, I mean the shit, like I, I could probably get, I would say what there's one, two, three, four, five, six, is it six squares? And then long ways there's, I think it's six. So there's 36 questions and then there's a two of them. So that's 72 man. Like, and then there's the final answer, which I never know the fucking final Jeopardy. It's probably I know I know probably what five, and that's being extremely generous to myself. I could probably get about five answers, and maybe I can answer answer five of them, and I would say maybe two of them are right. So I would say I probably get about two of the seventy three questions on Jeopardy right. Uh, in an episode, but dude, watching these people, it's phenomenal. It's, it's like the only thing I, I just like people are fucking annoying, especially like you ever watch Jeopardy? Like maybe it's just cause these are the most intelligent people, but like, or even not even Jeopardy, like even like there's who wants to be a millionaire. Some of these really intelligent fucking people are just like, they're fucking obnoxious. Like there's this one lady, she like, they, they have this like air of, just in like pride about them. She like sticks her chin up in the air and she like blinks rapidly. 
and and she like shakes her head when she answers the question. She, yeah, or or I should say when she uh, requests a category, she's like, "Give me." Um, I don't know. I can't improvise a category off the top of my head because I suck. But for six hundred, and then there's this other guy. He fucking like. Oh, they just they they all just piss me off. But th- it's funny because every uh, seed, I guess, or every episode has uh, I don't really know how tournaments work because I suck at sports. But every episode has a uh, basically for me. Every but every episode has like one player that I actually like like their mannerisms so i always end up just vote rooting for that person and i think well uh the second the semifinals or the whatever the quarterfinals semifinals i don't know how it works um semifinals my one horse lost but i've still got one guy who's going strong in the semifinals so hopefully i kind of quit the episode halfway through but uh no he's good um, but, oh, what is it? No, it's just like, there's this, they, they, they're cause some of them are like kind of fat and they like answer the questions and they like, they're so like, it's like almost like they're faking confidence, like shaking their, he like shakes his head and his jowl moves. Oh God. It just, it makes me, I just get angry and I like sit there at this and I just mock them. I just fucking mock them. And I'm like, these people, even just for being on the episode in the semifinals, the even the losers get ten grand. Like I don't even get ten grand. Like I, I can't say a year because I do, but still, for like that. I mean, granted, they, they put a lot of effort into that, but Jesus! And then the winner of the whole tournament gets two hundred, two hundred fifty, or that's just the semifinalists. I'm just like Jesus Christ. But hey, you know, good for them. They just are fat and annoying. That's all. But then there are some, I'm not going to lie, I just want the good-looking people to win. Am I just an asshole? Hopefully, my my one dude in the, I don't know his name. He's like a bartender or some shit, but he's really fucking smart. I hope he I hope he wins. But uh, the one guy lost. I was kind of pissed about that. He, uh, he looks like, I don't know if any of you guys, how well you guys know Pentatonics, but he looks like uh, Mitch, I think the dude's name is. The, I'm just going to say the gay one, but the... Short gay one, not the tall gay one. But uh, he reminds me of Mitch and Mitch, uh, or the Mitch, or the my Mitch horse. He lost, and I was very upset about that because, like, in the final Jeopardy, he he was down like what? Um, he was down by like fucking ten grand, and his final Jeopardy. I forget what the question was. So I don't know, but he like. Oh, I can't remember what the question was, and I just watched it last night. Anyways, uh, he answered it correctly and literally put everything on the line. I was like, God damn, bro. Like, good for you. And I, like, he, like, got ahead. He, like, I think he had, like, 20 grand when he answered the question. And, like, I was really excited for him because he was down by a lot. And then the other two fucking got the same answer and the second bitch who ended up winning, she just t- destroyed him because she had like 17, I think, 17,000. And so he was at 20 and I was like, fucking hey, all right, maybe this bitch, because sh- maybe she'll get it wrong and maybe at least not, you know, risk anything. Anyway, she fucking risked like, pfft, I don't know, her all of her winnings too. She was up at like 34,000. I was just like, Holy shit, she totally just dumped on him and then the other guy, he he got it too, but he didn't he didn't win. The other girl she won. But I was no, I was excited for the guy. I thought he might uh thought he might actually pull through cuz some of these people, <coughs> excuse me. Some of these people like will just come out of nowhere at the at the very end and and totally win. I feel like that's what he the Mitch guy. I think that's what he did in the uh, quarterfinals. I hope I'm saying that right. Cause I'm not, you guys are just like, you've already probably turned the podcast off by now. If you even turned it on to begin with, but he, uh, he like, you know, kind of pull came in at the end and actually won that time. 
to make it to the semifinals. And, uh, no, he, uh, but I don't know. Uh, it, but I just, I love watching Jeopardy, even though 90% of it pisses me off because, like, they're not only, like, not only do these people know the fucking answer, but, like, I, I literally am, like, so far behind. I'm still trying to, like, figure out the category. Like, these people have the category picked. They're answer the question and they have another like like thing that they're gonna another category to go to and i'm just like what the fuck like and then they're just boom 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 like i i don't know i mean i'm clearly not an intelligent person i use the word fuck every like 15 words i remember when i first got the job that i work at now the the guy who was training me he said he would like he's he just like quietly counted how many times i used the f word and i dude i don't remember he said i like i he said i, I said it like what was it like 30 times in 20 minutes or something like that he uh, dude, i was like jesus but i uh, know i'm a so that goes to show that i'm not an intelligent person because i say fuck a lot apparently i'd like to go back in this episode alone and count how many times i've used it I uh, I think that'd be funny. Actually, that would be uh, a funny thing to do. It, no, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be funny. I, I had an idea for a segment, but then I realized that it makes no fucking sense at all. All right, so um, I talked about Jeopardy. What the fuck else is there to talk about? I'd like to have an episode where we talk about like the bands that we like, the music that has influenced us. Um, I know for me personally, okay, here we go. Um, I was just on my way home from work, uh, before I started recording this podcast, I was, uh, I was listening to Weezer came up in, uh, in the mix. You guys, uh, you guys listen to Weezer? Did I should say, did you guys listen to Weezer? Have I know they've released shit. What? Some 15 albums total since, um, the blue album, but no, the song, I just don't, I don't, don't think they're like relevant anymore. Am I crazy? Is that rude? Do you think Rivers Como is ever going to hear this and be offended by that? Uh, but no, anyways, uh, in, in the garage, in my garage, in the garage came up, uh, in the mix on my way home and a uh, dude, the fucking, I, I, and it's such a simple one. The fucking solo and the, the guitar solo and that song has got to be one of my favorite guitar solos of all time. It's it just like, it's a, such a simple, it can't be but 10 seconds long, but the way it just slowly builds in those 10 seconds, I, I just, I love it. It gives me chills every time I hear it. I had to like go back and, you know, just replay it maybe i did it like five times i had the fucking i had the dial cranked i was just jamming it it's like i just love it it's just so it's so like it's not grungy but like it came from that era so it like i don't know it's 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 like it's just raw to me it's definitely not grungy Anybody would like laugh at me and call me stupid if I said it was grunge, but it has that like, it's like clean grunge almost. I, I love how he like, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it makes me, I mean that album, then, then the album that followed that Pinkerton, that album actually had a lot of grunge influence if you ask me. Um, but I mean, it was what, 95 that album came out barely, maybe 96. But, um, man, that was just a beautiful time for music. Um, I, I remember, um, listen, dude, listening to when I was like, what, 21, 22. So like maybe 20, 2006, 2007, me and my buddies would like just sit in the car Maybe smoke a bowl or something like that. This is going back in the day, okay. We would... And then just listen to the Blue Album all the way through. And just... I would be so bored by that whole thing. It was like... 
amazing. Just like how they, what's up, Badger? How they, I don't even know. It was just like simple, but so complicated. I don't know. I, I just love that, that album. And Pinkerton was good too. Pinkerton actually was my favorite for a very long time, but I, I mean, I mean, let's see, what was it? Blue album, Pinkerton, the green album, what came out of the Maladroit? I, I don't think I've even listened to that album. Um, that was maybe, green album was what, 99, 2000? Maladroit probably came out when I was in high school, I would think. Yeah, it had to have been because I, I couldn't even tell you a single off that album. Green album had like what? Hashpipe, um, not Island in the Sun, that was blue, right? I don't know. Um, but I couldn't even tell you a single. Pinkerton, I don't even know what singles came off of Pinkerton. Oh, uh, uh, Pink Triangle. Um, uh, what is it? Why Bother? Was that a single off that album? I think so. I mean, yeah, it had to have been. Uh, but, uh, and then Blue Album had, well, my name is Jonas. Uh, oh God, I can't think of the rest of them. Come on, Jim. I can't think of the names of the songs. That's my problem. Um, I have a computer sitting in front of me. Why don't I just look? Why don't I just look it up? Go to my favorite website. People give me shit because I use Wikipedia so much. Why is that? I mean, I get it. It's a wiki site, so it's like um, manipulatable. People can, you know, edit it. But like, and I know if... If people really wanted there to be fake information on there, there could. I'm I'm totally understandable to that. Uh, of that, uh, I'm totally understandable. I understand that. God damn it, Jim! People just think you're retarded. Oh well, here we go, Weezer. No, I'll just say Blue Album. Or actually, it was called Weezer. So the Blue Album. I'm over here hunting and pecking. Orbital? I don't even know who that is. My Weezer 1994 album. To all our U.S. readers, it's a little awkward, so we'll get right to the own. Oh, Wikipedia is asking for money again. It must be that time of year. <laughs> also known as the Blue Album is the eponymous debut studio album by American rock band Weezer released May 10, 1994 by DGC Records. Real quick, we're going to take a little tangent. David Geffen Company is miserable. Interscope, so universal. Cool. Okay, the car. Whoa, no shit. I could totally see that. I did not know that. Um... Is the eponymous debut studio album by American rock band Weezer, released May 10, 1984, by David Geffen Records. It was produced by the Cars frontman Rick Okasek and was recorded in Electric Ladies. No kidding, I could totally see a Cars influence on that. Oh my god, I didn't even. That is beautiful. Okay, here we go. The album was supported by three singles Undone the Sweater Song, Duh, you stupid ass, and Buddy Holly. See, and it's funny because when I was driving, I was like, oh, I should bring up the album on the podcast and how they're so influenced by Buddy Holly. Uh, uh, well, no, people and then I'm like, and I can't remember the name of the song. Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So. Also, fucking My Name Is Jonas wasn't even a, wasn't even a single off the album. What do you know? Undone, I'm not really a big fan of the sweater song. Buddy Holly, obviously, is a great album. It's a great song. Say It Ain't So is another phenomenal song. Brought Weezer mainstream success, helped by music videos directed by Spike Joe. Really? Which one? And Sating So, which brought we? Okay, I see. Helped by music director. Really? I need to watch the video for that song, Spike Jones. Oh, I thought that's Spike Lee. Adam Spiegel, known as... Really? Man, you learned so much. This is why I love Wikipedia. I learned like three different things just now. 
Adam Spiegel is Spike Jones. I've heard the name Spike Jones a thousand times. I thought that was the black director. I think that's Spike Lee, my stupid ass. The guy in the wheelchair. I think three people just turned off the podcast. Damn it, we just lost our entire listening listener base. Uh, Spike Jones. So what else? What? I don't think I've ever seen the video for Say It Ain't So. Do I just go on a major tangent here? Well, I, no, I guess I I did the reason I came on here. We've brought reason to mainstream success. What are we at? What time is it? 45. I got a couple more minutes here. We can bullshit for another. Come on, folks. Okay, how do I? There we go. I'm still getting comfortable with the Mac. I love this computer, but it is so different than uh, the typical Windows format. Twitch brought Weezer mainstream success up. I blah, blah, I've said that like four times. Yes, I get it. I'm not going to donate. They're just like, no, no. Weezer was formed. I'm not going to get Rivers Cohen, Patrick Wilson, Matt Sharp, and Jason Cropper at the time they would play at clubs. God bless Weezer. Okay, let's... um. 41 minutes long that album was Pinkerton 96 what did I say 95 96 damn they're just you can just give them money in PayPal Pinkerton is the second studio album by American rock band Weezer released September 24 1996 so it was a year and a half about one year ago and you wanted to know all about me and my hobbies, my favorite food, and my birthday. It is the last Weezer album to feature bassist Matt Sharp. After abandoning plans for rock opera songs from the Black Hole, which uh, Weezer recorded Pinkerton between songwriter Rivers Cuomo, terms oh between terms at Harvard when he wrote much of the album is the last Weezer song to feature Master uh, to better capture their live sound read yourself produced Pinkerton God bless them I love that the sound of that album and it's a great dichotomy between those two albums too because the blue album has got such a clean like like raw it's funny because it's clean and raw at the same time that's what i just love about it but pinkerton has got that like raw raw sound and it's clear because they produced it themselves uh yep creating a darker more abrasive sound than their self-titled debut album como's lyrics expressed disillusionment with the rock lifestyle yeah and named after the character the album is named after the character B.F. Pinkerton from Giacomo Puccini's 1904 Madame Butterfly, whom Como described as an asshole American sailor similar to a touring rock star. Fucking dope. Like the opera, the album contains references to Japanese culture. I I like just doing this, getting out here and talking to you guys about shit on Wikipedia. I think that's a that'd be a great set. Maybe I'll just do that. I'll start off. Oh, that's a, oh hey, I like that. Maybe once a month, I'll just get on here, start what one place with Wikipedia, and then just talk about stuff and then learn stuff. I fucking like that idea. Maybe that's what I'll do. And if other things come up, that'll be the main thing, and we'll just go on tangents as we go. All right, well, I guess we figured out uh, what Jim's going to do when he shoots the shit by himself. Okay, Pinkerton produced then, so I'm just going to narrate Wikipedia to you guys. Maybe I should Maybe I should give them some money, considering we depend on donations averaging $16.36, but fewer than 1% of readers give. You can make a difference. If you donate just $3, the price of your coffee this Wednesday, Wikipedia could keep thriving. Thank you. We ask humbly to help. God bless you guys. Maybe I will donate, considering uh, they supported this podcast today. Pinkerton produces, produced three singles, El Scorcho, The Good Life, and Pink Triangle. I was right. What did I say? Oh, I said, well, why bother? Which went on to 
like my name is Jonas, another one went on to like gain notoriety and therefore radio stations played it, but it wasn't uh, a released single at first. It debuted at number 19 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and fell short of sales expectations after the success of the uh, their debut album. It initially received mixed reviews, but achieved cult status and wide acclaim years after. It's beautiful. I almost said cult status too. I should have, and then I would have sounded cool when I read it. It was certified platinum on 16 of September 2016. Really? It took that long for it to go platinum, huh? Considering I bought the album like three times. It kind of surprises me. Oh, I lost it. I scratched it. I gave it away. My first copy was Matt Ryder's, I think. Oh, sorry. Did I use your name, bro? Well, shit. He's only like half the reason I have this podcast in the first place. The motherfucker never came through though he's actually in town right now maybe he'll hit me up maybe i fucking i i'd like to have him on but the chances of that happening are slim to nil okay what came after that uh another okay the green album right another self-titled album i knew that i was right about that weezer also known as the green album is the eponymous what does eponymous mean i wish they would highlight that one so i could be lazy and just click it okay so there's three singles off of that album were Hashpipe, Island in the Sun, and Photograph. I was close. I didn't get Photograph, though. If I'd have thought about it, I probably... I didn't... No, I didn't... Yeah, fuck. I wouldn't have got that. So another thing I'm working on, I listened to... I forget which podcast it was, but I do a lot of, like, starting a sentence and then contradicting myself in the middle, and I'm working on, like, being more thorough and, and finishing out my sentences and not like cutting myself off in the middle and like not contradicting, but like I arguing with myself and it doesn't make for a very good, a very good host. Like I get what I'm going for in my head, but I like, I'll start off and go, eh, well, you know, and then I never actually finish a sentence because I'm too busy discussing it in my head and I don't actually follow through and finish the sentence. Hopefully that doesn't turn anybody off. I hope you guys continue to listen. So, um, I just got to slow down and realize I have an entire hour to fill, but well, speaking of which, what are we at here? Oh, 52 minutes and 11, 12, 13. Well, that is, oh, I guess that would be right. That would be right. I was going to say, oh, it, well, cause I added it a little bit, but that's, that should be the, the, um, the official time. All right. So I wish I, I I don't know where am I at here? Fifty-two minutes. Okay. Now this is okay. Mallet, right? I was right. Two thousand two. Fourth studio album. It's not eponymous. I'm gonna look that word up real quickly. This is how we learn, folks. E P. Oh, I typed R. My ass reaching across as I sit in my bed with my. My laptop on my lap and the microphone in my chest. I'm so cool. Don't you guys wish you could be doing this right now? Because you're probably a eponymous. What? I know I've said this before, but what do you guys do? Tell us what you do. Eponymous. Giving their name to something. Oh, what do you know? So self-titled? Is that what that means? Eponymous, a hero of a novel. Of a thing named after a particular person. So it's named after somebody. So it doesn't necessarily have to be self-titled. Roseanne is an example. Eponymous. What's the... Um, Wikipedia. The etymology of that word. Does it... Is, eponyms. Okay, I see. Look at this, dude. We, I, I learned like fucking five things. I should go back and figure out, learn about things about Spike Jones. We'll, we'll, we'll continue where I left off. I think this is going to be like an ongoing thing. So I'll like flag the page. Oh, that is kind of fun too. And see where we go from there. So, okay. I'll, I'll, we're an ep eponymous right now, but it's kind of cheating because I didn't leave. I, mean, I learned the word and I, yeah, okay, cool, cool. I'm going to do that. 
Um, every episode that I do solo, we'll just hop on Wikipedia and, and we'll go from there. And we, but I'm going to set some ground rules for myself. It doesn't have to, I don't, it doesn't, ha, I don't have to go directly from the link. I can, I'll just call it Wikipedia sessions. Dope. Dope. Do other people do that? Is there another podcast where people just sit on Wikipedia and just rant about, not rant, but uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Just trail off. Uh, What is the etymology of the word? Okay, we're going to... What is the etymology of the word eponymous? Etymology, come on. Nope. I'll just do this. Et. Etymology of the word eponymous, 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 eponymous. There's no coincidence the eponymous has to do with naming. It also comes from the Greek eponymous, which is itself onomai, onima, meaning name. Okay, there you go. What is epi, though? Eponym, traditionally an eponym person or a thing. Okay, I mean, I... I, I, obviously, I what this wasn't hard to figure out, but I just want to know where epony eponym because I knew. Like, where do they get eponym from? I've never heard that word before. One whose name becomes that of a place. I understand that, but where? What is the etymology of the word eponym? Epi. From combining the form of epi. Okay. Hey, look, you learned something new. Okay, cool. Eponym. (laughs) So getting back to it, fellas and ladies and gentlemen and all the things. Maladroit. That's where we were. Okay, see, look at this. I didn't even know. They fought. They're... Discography was followed by a, an album called The Lion and the Witch. I didn't even know that album came out. Oh, it's a live EP. That's why. It's not on Spotify that I know of. I could be wrong. It's a live EP by American Rock Band Weezer recorded in Japan in the spring of 2002 while promoting Maladroit released on September 24, 2002, exactly six years after the release of Pinkerton. It was distributed as a limited release a limited edition release in independently owned music stores with only 25,000 copies having been made. Wow. That shit's rare. The album was then released and remastered on vinyl. That's something, um, buddy of mine who he was saying he was collecting vinyls. That's fucking sick. I'd like to see his collection. He's huge in collecting shit. I'm just now starting to collect. I hated collecting for a long time until I started collecting Stephen King books. I would love to start collecting vinyl, but that's just, I'm not, I'm not ready for all that in my life. But see, that's what I said about Stephen King too. So maybe I will. But then again, with fucking Spotify, like what is so good about vinyl? I know, like I, I know it, but what, like, can anybody tell me, like, I know it's got a deeper, richer sound, but like, what if you just get some really solid headphones and listen to your phone? I, I mean, that's just my ignorance. I would love for somebody to just get on here, send me an email or hell, call me and just ream me apart. In fact, does anybody, does anybody want to come on the podcast and talk about um, vinyl? I would love that. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'll, maybe I'll uh, throw a little, not a hashtag, but I'll, maybe I'll hashtag. Who fucking knows? I suck at marketing. 58 minutes. Okay, cool. I, I did it, guys. I actually made it an hour. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. And I cut a lot of it out, too. I'm just, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. Okay, so, um, okay, we got about a minute to go here. Um, yes, yeah, interesting. We learned some stuff. We learned about Weezer. We talked about Stephen King. And we also uh, talked about Jeopardy. So maybe if I ever get on, Je- no, don't. I'm not even going to make that stupid joke. I, um, okay, so. Thank you guys for sticking around. Um, uh, if like if anybody, if anything I said in the last hour uh, struck a chord with anybody, a positive or negative one, like please uh, send send the podcast an email. I would love to hear from 
it says that people download this. Like, I will, please, like, maybe the website is lying to me just to keep me posting shit. I don't know, but it tells me that we, people listen. So please, guys, like, reach out. I would love to hear from, back from some feedback. I mean, if it, even if it is negative feedback, please, I, I would love, I want to see where this goes. I want to, I want to. I I, want to like really mold this. And if, and if people are actually listening, I want to like, you know, get some, like, um, mold it and really shape it in a, in a positive direction. So reach out. And, um, if, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe on iTunes, give us a rating, uh, um, send us an email. I'm sure I've, uh, the, Email you can reach us at is shoot shooting dot the dot shit dot cast at gmail dot com. I'm pretty sure that's right. But um or shooting what is it, shooting the shit on Facebook or tw- or on Twitter, but I mean follow us on Twitter. I don't really do much. I just post the episode or you know, I don't really have much to say on Twitter yet. I'm I'm just not I'm not I don't honestly I don't I don't like Twitter. I really don't. Uh, it just, I constantly, I mean, I know I'm just, I'm new to it, but it's like everyone's constantly talking and I just get overwhelmed. I'm not into, I like to be the one talking, not everybody else. And, and frankly, I don't, nobody follows me. So, or us, I should say, sorry, but it, Twitter makes me uncomfortable. Maybe as the, I I'm on there and we're on there. So if you guys want to follow, you're all more than welcome to, it'll be an easy way to know where the podcast is at or when the podcasts, uh, when the podcast posts, but, um, uh, yeah. Anyways, get at us shooting the shit at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, share the episodes, get involved. Um, send us a message. I would love to have some, maybe if you guys are listeners in your local or maybe hell, we'll even talk about getting you on the episode over the phone. Let's, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's see where this goes. So, uh, thanks guys for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you next week.